When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On the Gopher Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is the Golden Gopher Podcast, presented by Schuler Shoes. Fall fun starts at Schuler Shoes. Step in for the largest selection of footwear for the season, or visit SchulerShoes.com. And by Red Savoy Pizza, soda-style pizza since 1965. Find us online at SavoyPizza.com. And welcome to another episode of the Golden Gopher Podcast. I'm Justin Gard from KFA and Radio and the Gopher Radio Network. Thanks for finding us however you find your podcast. Hopefully you've subscribed by now. We come to you each and every week with a new episode, kind of give you an inside look at things going on inside and outside of the athletic department. And uh, we appreciate Schuler Shoes and Red Savoy Pizza for helping us out again. More details on uh, where you can get some great pizza and some unbelievable shoes coming up a little bit later. Uh, but we're excited because the podcast space gives you a place to not only talk about the present, talk about the past a little bit, but also talk about uh, some historical past. And we're doing that today because it is the 20th anniversary season of the Gopher Women's Hockey Program's first national championship. And to help us go down memory lane a little bit, if they can remember that far, I'm a little worried about Coach Halderson. Um, Laura Halderson, the, the, uh, the original coach, the first coach of Gopher Women's Hockey and a four-time captain on that championship team, Chris Scholes. Thank you guys for joining us. It's great to be here, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having us. So um, we're making you go back into the memory bank a little bit. Um, Coach, you went literally into the memory <laughs> bank. You have a bank full of memories. But when I say that it's been 20 seasons or 20 years, what what's the first thing you think of? Like, oh, my gosh, how has it been that long? It feels like just yesterday. Or when I say it's the 20-year anniversary of that team, what do you think? It makes me smile. It was our first championship. It was uh, eventful. 
and it was a lot of fun. And we had just a wonderful group of people, not only players, but the support staff, assistant coaches. To me, it makes me smile. And Chris, how about you? 20 years later, what's the first thing you think about? I think it makes me feel old. That's half my life ago. Yeah, me too. I was in high school when this happened. I remember it. I remember being in high school and obviously having friends that played hockey and following hockey. And now I feel old as well. So you and I are in the same boat. So you mentioned what's funny is the Gophers have six NCAA championships. This is technically not an NCAA championship. It is an American Women's Collegiate Hockey Alliance championship. That was the league that was started back then. Um, What do you remember about when you found out, hey, the Gophers are going to get a program, this is the alliance that, that, that they're going to play and coach, and, and kind of the history before we talk about that championship season. Well, we were very thankful to USA Hockey because they came along knowing that women's hockey was classified as an emerging sport, which meant the NCAA was probably going to take on the sport as a championship a little earlier than they normally would in terms of number of programs and when they would get involved to to sanction a championship. USA Hockey stepped up. Uh, they got some money. I think the NCAA actually did help uh, fund the championship seasons with USA Hockey, and also uh, the USOC was part of that uh, effort to get – originally it was going to be four years, but what happened was after the third year we were able to do an NCAA championship. Right. So. It happened a little bit earlier than the original plan, but USA Hockey got us jump-started with that tournament, and it was awesome. Uh, 1990, not 77. <laughs> We're not that old yet. 1997-1998, Chris, was the first year of the program. You guys won a championship in the third, but as you're growing up in Stillwater, right, yep, and yep. playing hockey, what do you think your future in the game is is looking like? Because people think now it's, it's easy, right? You grow up, you play hockey, you maybe go play college, you go do something. It wasn't necessarily the same for our generation. What do you remember about growing up? in the game growing up um most of the uh, all the colleges at that point were out east and so um and what people don't really realize is the first year of girls high school hockey in minnesota was the 94 95 season yep and so that's when i was a junior in high school so at that point it was like basically at that year you'd still go out east to go to college and then once we heard that minnesota was getting it it was like for me i actually um, graduated in 96, and then I had a year of college under my belt and played Thoroughbreds, which is like a club team. Yep. And so just that opportunity to wear the maroon and gold. I, I grew up watching Gopher men's hockey and, and would do anything to wear them because that was just part of, you know, part of your growing up was watching them every Friday and Saturday night. And just being a part of that was really cool and really quite the honor to, to be a part of the beginning. So as you get the program started, Coach, are you is that a typical story of a lot of people that grew up wanting to play for Minnesota but just didn't have that opportunity? How was recruiting those first couple of years or and once you started going? Well, and going back specifically to Chris, it was great that she was here already. I mean, I knew of Chris because I was recruiting in this area when I was coaching out east, so – uh, it was wonderful to have her and then Julie Otto, who was our lone senior that first season. Uh, she So Chris and Julie were, were captains of the team, and they were two who knew the program was going to be starting. So they were here. Uh, generally speaking, recruiting-wise, uh, early on, our goal was to get the top local players. At the same time, because, as Chris mentioned, girls hockey at the high school level was just getting going, and we wanted to be as good as we could be as soon as we could. Right. Uh, I did recruit also from outside Minnesota, but those are players that we brought in that we knew were going to make a difference right away. 
and because you just wanted to be good. Makes well, sense. That's the whole idea. I would think, right? <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Because wanted... for years, you know, you know us too. I mean, we're, we don't like people from the outside, which is bizarre to me as an outside, <laughs> as an insider, as a one of us, as we call it. It's like right. other other people have great ideas as well. Well, the other thing was the men were all from Minnesota at that yeah. time, yeah. so you know there was some talk slash pressure to have an all Minnesotan women's team, just like the men. And when I came and interviewed, and I was asked that question, I said, well. Believe me, the you know the core of our team and the majority of our players will be from Minnesota. But if we want to be a, a top team, you know, as soon as possible, there's some other players out there that we we may want to bring in. Right, and I think Don Lucia said the same thing in his interview when he got here. And all of a sudden, they you know bring a couple from North Dakota, perish the thought. You know, <laughs> the guy from Austria, perish the thought. And funny, there were a couple of banners there. Uh, so Chris, tell me about the first couple of years, like getting to, to come and play here. And I'm sure you knew a lot of your teammates and stuff, um, because at that point, the community has got to be pretty small of high level hockey players. So what do you remember about those early years of the program? Um, I remember the my freshman year before we had the team and um, basically any recruit we'd have. Julie and I would be the host for all the recruits. So. <laughs> so you were busy. Yeah, we were busy. We'd get good meals out of the deal, and uh, it was always a, a, a fun opportunity just to show them around Minnesota. Um, I, by f- the freshman year of hockey, I think it was a very challenging year in terms of everybody's a freshman. Yeah. I mean, it's it's usually when you walk into a team, you have the natural hierarchy of seniors and juniors and just kind of that natural people are in the pecking order. and. Uh, I think we were took us a little while to figure that out, and there was definitely, I think, some growing pains. But I also think most of the team was from Minnesota, and at that point, I think I knew of everybody before. Before I think the only ones I hadn't um, met yet was Nadine Muzaral and Erica Kilowald. Otherwise, everybody else we'd either met at a like a USA yep. hockey national camp or played with them on thoroughbreds or. Something like that. And so. Nadine and Erica ended up playing pretty pivotal roles in a weekend we're going to talk about yes. here in, in a little bit. Um, but so take me to right away the rivalry with UMD. We talked about that before. Uh, you both gave the same look that you just gave each other for people. <laughs> this isn't a video podcast yet, but obviously now, you know, with the rivalries now, we think about Wisconsin and the Gophers in years past. It's been North Dakota and the Gophers. But right away, it was the Bulldogs, right? And speaking of recruiting from elsewhere, they were going all over the mm-hmm. world, if I remember correctly. Uh, to grab players how I guess fun enjoyable interesting was it to have a big rival basically right out of the shoot well I'll I'll just explain how we started this uh our varsity season two years before they did so when the WCHA women's league was started uh we it was our third season there were uh three schools it was their second season and UMD was in a group where or I'm sorry uh, they started, UMD started two years after we started. Yep. Um, so it was the first year of the WCHA turn. So they're brand new for that inaugural season, which we ended up winning the national championship in. And, but they, man, like you said, they went out and got players from a lot of different countries who were Olympians. And so right off the bat, they were really, really good. I mean, uh, I'll let Chris talk about sort of the on ice rivalry, but, uh, it was, we brought out the best in each other because, we both had very good teams, and we were very competitive. But I'll let Chris sort of talk about more of that rivalry. What do you remember about it? Uh, I remember their top players were huge. Maria <laughs> Ruth and uh, Sikio. Sikio and Holst. Yep. They were all, I, you feel like, six feet, 200 pounds, you know, and you're trying to move them in front of the net. It's just like it was, it was always great competition and just – um, it was definitely a hatred, I think, towards them and yeah. them towards us, you know, and it was just one of those things that just because I think we both were 
very very good hockey programs and um, it was it, it was always a great battle whenever we got to play them. Well, and you need that to a certain extent, right? I mean, that's part of why you compete is to have rivals like that. So that had to be fun once they yeah. once they showed up and it, and it was different, right? Yes, yes, def- most definitely. What well, on the coaching side? <laughs> so I don't know if we want to focus just on this championship <laughs> year, but I remember, uh, you know, when they came to to Mariucci, we were playing in Mariucci Arena at the time. Uh, we we lost two games to them. I mean, they were close games. They were good games, but we lost two to them. And so then when it was our turn to go up to Duluth, we played at a little community rink. I think it was Pioneer Hall. And we had a couple of our top players out. They were injured. So uh, in the first game, like Winnie Brote was out, Courtney Kennedy was out. We had Ambria Thomas of Ford back playing defense. So we were very thin, and uh, it was one of my favorite games that we we really? pulled out a I think it was five to four. It was so much fun. We were in hostile territory. It was you know small, so the crowd was you know yelling at us, and <laughs> and the next day we tied, which still I mean to take a win and a tie. Now we gained some confidence. That was a big deal. Uh, so those were our first four games regular season. Uh, moving into the, then we played them again in the WCHA championship game. They beat us two nothing. We didn't you know I probably getting ahead of our, our conversation here, mm-hmm. but um, we played them six times that year. Yeah. So we knew each other very well. It was a very um, uh, emotional, heated rivalry, I would say, but it made it a lot of fun. I mean, definitely it was, it was a great rivalry. So to the championship season, it's your third season. You've gotten a fourth place and you've gotten a third place. I mean, are you feeling like, all right, it's because it's hockey. I mean, it, it, in, in, the, in the title game you're talking about, I think their goalie, the UMD goalie in the conference championship game had like 90 saves. I mean, she was terrific. And so that can just swing a game, right? So it's hard to say fourth place isn't good. Third place isn't good, man. We really need to win a championship, but are you feeling like, all right, it's our time now. Like it's time to take the next step. It's time to, you know, hang a banner. What are you feeling throughout that year as you're going through it? I think there's also the piece of um, the East versus the West. I sure. think the East was very much dominant at that time and believed they were better than us. And I think us growing up in Minnesota, being the hockey state, we definitely had a pride about that we were just as good as they were. And I right. think it was finally our opportunity to prove it. What about you, Coach? Well, yeah, and we played uh, several Eastern teams uh, throughout those those three seasons leading up to that first championship. And I thought that was important to get those games in so we could measure ourselves against the teams out East. They could see kind of what we were like. And so, and you know, go, when you mentioned 4-3rd, I, I remember a funny story, Bob Ritter, uh, who – you know, before we actually started the tournament, he and Kathleen were unable to travel. But um, I talked to him on the phone, and he said, "Okay, Coach, the first year you got fourth, which is pretty good. Our first year we got invited to this national tournament. Right. Second year you finished third. He said, "Why don't you just skip number two and go right to number one?" And I said, "Bob, we'll do the best we can." And I do think we headed into the tournament with confidence once we knew we were in it. I want to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Go but ahead. go ahead. Oh. But go ahead. <laughs> well, because... that's an interesting subplot as well, I think, to the whole thing. It was huge. It really was because we thought they would only take one team from the Midwest. Of course, they call it the West, but we're really the Midwest. <laughs> so when we lost to Duluth 2-0, uh, and that was such that was at Bloomington Ice Garden, yeah. standing room only. Which it was is a an, great was building for so hockey. So awesome. Yeah. And it was it was a really good game. Either team could have won. We had a moment in the locker room afterwards that I'll never forget, just in terms of sort of responding, reacting and responding and talking about that game. And um, 
I didn't know if we were going to see them again. And lo and behold, two weeks later, we're told we're going to play them one more time. And I think that's when we were like, okay, this is our turn. And we talked about really controlling our emotions, you know, because our games against them were very physical. There were a lot of penalties. But um, but it was I just had a lot of confidence in our team. And like I said, in the locker room and things that were said and and where we were just, you know, psychologically, I I, I thought it was we were going to be OK. Well, Bloomington Ice Garden, like I said, is one of those cool arenas where like I always say section semifinal Saturday in high school. It's like one of the great yep. secrets of all time for a lot of the metro yep. schools. Right. Because yep. that you know, everybody comes and watches when you play at whether it was the old fairgrounds or whether it's here at Mariucci, but like section final Saturday when they're really good Metro teams. And one of those team seasons is done at the Bloomington ice garden at big, even as a basketball player, I know that that's a cool place, but what do you remember about what coach was talking about, about that game, about the aftermath of it. And then you know people don't realize. So it was four teams that got invited to the tournament, right? It was like the this, WCHA. Yeah. It was actually, I think all the teams were because we played three games. I mean, the, no, the to wait to the oh, national the tournament. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's only four it's teams. It's four for teams. Sure. So you, you, you're kind of measuring yourself up. You don't know what's going to happen. So you lose that game. And for two weeks, you don't know if you're going to play. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of jumping ahead. But what do you remember about, the, first of all, that championship game and then the aftermath of it? Yeah, the, the championship game, obviously, it was a great environment at Bloomington Ice Gardens, but not walking away with the win and being a junior, being like that's that was a great opportunity for us, and yeah. not knowing what w- the future held, and um, practicing for those two weeks, not knowing what was coming, was it was hard, but yet exciting because if we did get that opportunity, we wanted to make sure that we were ready and um, ready to finally beat them. So you. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. You get the call. Uh... Because back then, I don't was there internet back in 1999, 2000? I think it just started. I just, yeah. yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> but you get the call, I assume, on a landline somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> and you, someone's got to yell down and say, hey, come take the phone. We're in. And you <laughs> get the call, and you've been practicing. You get to go out to Boston uh, to play UMD again. Um, and it was a great game, 3-2 to two in the semifinals. Take me to the day before, though. We mentioned Nadine. Mm-hmm. I read about this this week that mm-hmm. she's at practice. She has a fall. All of a sudden, she's getting stretchered out. And yeah. what, what's going on there? What happened? Well, yeah, you're talking about someone that scored 49 goals. Pretty important piece. That might still yeah. be a record. I'm not sure, but she's getting hat tricks. Like I think she had five hat tricks that year. So she ran into somebody, right? There was a collision. I, I'm not exact. I can't. <laughs> not going to throw it. a teammate under the bus. I just remember her la- laid out, laid out a practice, and we had to. I think. When they came out with the stretcher, we had to like have everybody else go to half ice. We tried to keep going with some <laughs> drills, but it was very distracting. So yeah, she we didn't know if she's gonna be able to play the next day. And she ends up playing, scores two goals. You guys win three two, Chris. And she says after the game, Yeah, I didn't even really feel it. Like she had a neck thing, right? She's like, Yeah, it wasn't bothering me at all. It's like clearly uh, but what, I'm asking you guys to remember the same things, but your experience through that whole thing, that practice when your best players goes down and you're thinking, man, we all this work to get here and this is how it's going to go down. Right. And Nadine Muzzerall, I think, is probably one of the best just pure goal scorers like I've ever seen. I mean, she could put the puck in the back of the net and you just wouldn't expect it. And then all of a sudden it was in the back of the net. And so to 
possibly lose that piece, I think would be um, obviously devastating, but it was also next, next person up, you know, and if we have to do it, we're going to do this together. And that was kind of our mantra that, you know, we're in this together. So, but then she comes back <laughs> and then she scores does her, two goals. And then she does her job, right? And, and, does she does her, <laughs> and says it didn't even really bother me. And uh, I, I still remember after that game at the press conference, cause we're all excited. I mean that honestly, that was my favorite game ever. Had that, to have been. That yeah. win yeah. after all that, you know, the, the history between the two teams, we had a couple of players transfer there. We, you know, it was just a very emotional thing. And so somebody asked uh, Muzzy, you know, how, like you said, how, how did your neck feel? What, and she said, you know, it was okay. Oh, she said there was one time I got hit pretty good and I went down. So I got hit so hard that snot bubbles came out <laughs> on my mask. Well, that was in Sports Illustrated. So that was sort of her quote everybody was laughing about, but gives you a little yeah. idea of, you know, what she's like. Well, we appreciate the honesty yeah. in the media. Yeah. We, we're looking for quotes <laughs> like snot that. Bubbles. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. So then you get to play Brown. Speaking of East Coast, yeah. West Coast uh, here in Minnesota. What do you remember about the championship game? 4-2 victory, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You know, I have to say that the game against Duluth, I think, was really the one. The one in the, the Brown game. I don't. I don't know if we were <laughs> if we were just confident that we were going to win that game, and obviously it was still a battle. And we, I, I believe, Coach, you said we were tied two-two at one point, and then you, we you were down ahead. one after we the first down. period. I yeah. remember. Yeah. I remember more from the Duluth game. I can I can still visualize Tracy Engstrom's game-winning goal going in the net. Like I remember that. Um, the Brown game, I remember, even the Duluth and the Brown game, I think, was hanging on at the end, right? Like, they were dominating us, and our goalies were, and Killer oh, was for making sure, all the saves. For sure, we were <laughs> hanging on in the Duluth game, and I remember at the timeout, we took a timeout with three minutes and 46 seconds left, approximately, <laughs> because they were all over us, because we had just gone ahead. We had scored two quick goals in the third. And, but that's, if I can share a little story, like. That's why you're um, here. Okay. So when we <laughs> lost to Duluth in the, in the WCHA final and, you know, just had sort of this like heart to heart in the locker room, people saying, Hey, we, we worked hard and, but we got to find a way to, to win games like this. Um, I remember saying, you guys, let's remember how this feels because the next time we're in a game like this, we're going to do everything we can. So we don't have to feel this way again. And so I thought I was kind of referring to, oh, next year maybe we'll play him and right. we'll be in a similar situation. But here we find ourselves in that semifinal game. We were down 2 nothing. Now we're up by a goal, but they're all over us. We call timeout just to calm everybody down. We talk a little bit about what we need to do. And I'll never forget, it's my favorite moment. I'm seeing all these eyeballs looking at me like, you know, waiting uh, to, to for the end of this game to, to finish up strong. And and I said, remember how we felt the last time we played these guys. We are not feeling that way today. I said a little bit louder, a yeah. little bit more intensely. But the eyeballs, I just knew like they were they were ready. They were so pumped. And we had people blocking shots. We had people just giving 100% and cheering for each other and finding a way. And Erica Kilowall did a great job in net. And, I mean, that was just an unbelievable team effort, my favorite game ever. Well, Erica was the tournament MVP, over 30 saves in that championship game. Do you remember the talk that she's uh, talking about? By the way, you said you had a terrible memory. You're remembering everything. There's certain things I remember. That are just burned yeah. into your brain? Yeah. There yeah was, that would make sense. There was another memory. I don't know if you want to go back. Motivation. I, I think uh, earlier in the season we were at Providence, and we didn't, we didn't play well. It was early on. Yeah. And – uh, we had a little meeting when we got home, got off the bus. It was pretty late, like 1 a.m. And I told the team that 
Um, you know, we really need to appreciate what we have here, this opportunity. We just spent a lot of money to fly out east. So I don't know, Chris, do you want to tell the story? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'd like both versions. <laughs> so then uh, I think to really make us understand and appreciate the opportunity we had, because, I mean, we're three years in. Right. And, you know, even people five years ago from that point didn't have that same opportunity. And, you know, it was really a blessing that we got to be a part of it, and we weren't really – appreciating it as much as we should have. So um, when we got back to the locker room, anything that was issued from the University of Minnesota, we had to give back. So that meant jerseys, equipment. I love that trick. Couldn't wear home. <laughs> couldn't, wear home. couldn't wear home. I love when coaches do that. Yeah. When they kick was, you out of the facility or the yeah. locker room, I love that card. That's a great card, Coach. It, it's like zero degrees outside. We're all like walking home, like, you know, a mile uphill both ways. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, so I, I – and then practice the next time, we had to bring in our own jerseys and – just kind of just this piece of at that point we weren't playing like a team and so um it was one of those things that uh, i think the message was sent we seem to have gotten that message so <laughs> so the to to kind of end that whole event on a positive when we had practice on the next monday and chris had to bring extra jerseys in for the people that <laughs> don't live here everybody was a stillwater <laughs> pony for a right? day exactly so yeah, then we, thoroughbred. we skated for a while i believe without pucks at the beginning oh, of the I'm next sure practice and they looked totally ragtag because nothing matched they had gold socks on that matched see yeah. i remember this part yeah so um then at a certain point um we felt like okay think we made the point I said I want you all to go in and put your gold jersey on and come back out here and so um they did that and I said um because I said you know what if we're going to be a team we need to you know now we look like a team now let's act like a team and that was the whole uh point of the whole thing and and it was funny because again jumping ahead after we win the championship and we really hadn't had it everything was sort of chaotic afterwards so we hadn't really had a chance to talk together until we were on the bus after the game and so that's when I was able to say you guys that was so awesome I'm so proud of you and you know we had a conversation with our team about think about all the hard things that happened this season that weren't very fun that we went through the adversity that we had but it's all worth it and and so the night that they didn't get to wear their team jackets home was one of the things that was brought up. Another one was 7 a.m. pool workouts because our strength coach thought that maybe we needed a little bit more focus in that area. So those are a couple of the things that were brought up. But, you know, that's the kind of stuff that makes it so rewarding. It's all it part of the journey. Out. Yeah, it totally is. And it was it was a lot of fun. Well, it, it's interesting you say the opportunity. You know, we just spent a lot of money. We flew out here. You know, now I think when you're the first to do something, you're the first group. I don't know if it's even possible to fully comprehend the opportunity, especially when you're so young. The coaches, obviously yep. coach like, well, these kids, they don't know what they have. When you get old, when you get older, when you're older yep. than you, you say, God, they don't even understand or appreciate. Like now everybody, I'm sure coach Frost, by the way, just poked his head in the window and uh, made a face at us. But like, He's he understands it because he knows what went into it before, and I'm sure he makes the team now understand what came before. But you guys were the first, yep. so did you even was it even possible to fully appreciate what a great opportunity you guys all had? I think in the moment you probably don't. Yeah. But then as you get older and you're able to reflect on it all, I mean, I think even like coach, you you played hockey growing up, and I think for you to understand how lucky we were, and I think that was kind of the point you're trying to drive home with us is that. We really didn't understand how lucky we were because there were so many women that went before us right. that had to work so hard to even have the opportunity to play, whether it was with the boys or the with other girls. Um, so I think even not having high school hockey until my junior year, 
um, that was really a cool part to finally be a part of your high school and represent them in that sport. And for myself, I was lucky enough to be a part of the first ever girls state high school tournament at Aldridge. Right. And that was a really cool opportunity too. So I think just understanding that there are people that didn't get those same opportunities, I think it really makes you feel very blessed to have been a part of it. Uh, let's, uh, in our final couple of minutes, I want to go through a few things. You mentioned uh, Mr. Ritter already. Obviously, Kathleen Ritter was a huge supporter as well. Their name is on your on your arena. That happened when I was in college, when that arena was built along uh, with the Baseline Tennis Center, which I was more interesting because I was a tennis yeah. player, <laughs> and they were coupled together, but I always loved, you know, when I'd have a tournament, sometimes that door's not locked from the bathroom <laughs> side, and you can come in, so I've watched WCHA Final face-offs and all that when I'm supposed to be watching tennis. But tell me a little bit about the Ritters. You had a really great photo of you, Chris. I'm sure she showed it to you already uh, with uh, Bob and with Kathleen. What what have they meant or what did they mean to, to the program? Man, I mean, they were two special people. They're both gone now. But um, it was amazing that uh, women's hockey was a perfect project for them to work on together because Kathleen was so passionate about women's sports and she was one of you know, the, the biggest supporters and advocates for the women's athletic department. Cause you know, remember we were separate men's and women's departments That's back right. then. Yeah. And so, uh, Chris Voles had, um, this task force created when they were talking about adding women's hockey. And so both Kathleen and Bob were on that committee and Bob was one of the chairs and so he was a hockey guy. I mean, he was like Mr. Hockey here. He was a manager of a couple Olympic teams back in the 50s and had uh, a hand in getting the North Stars here with, with that ownership group. So um, combining women's sports with hockey was a perfect thing for the two of them to work on. And I would, I mean, Bob would just, we'd go to lunch every couple of weeks. He just wanted to know how the team's doing. I love listening to his stories. And uh, they were very different, Bob and Kathleen, but they were just an awesome pair who really made things happen here. And Ritter Arena would not be here if it weren't for them. I remember um, when when we needed a little bit more money to, to get the project done, Bob is, you know, helping us round up some more donors and he would often say, I just want to get this thing built before I die. And it was sad that he passed away in June of 2000. Mm. And so he wasn't here for the opening of the arena, which was in 2002. But thankfully, he was here for that first championship. He spoke at our banquet, and he was just so happy. So um, the two of them hold very special places in my heart, and I'm just glad that, you know, their sort of their legacy lives on through the arena. And, you know, he was – like best friends with with um, John Mariucci, so we yeah. always say, "How great is that, Mariucci next to Ritter?" What do you remember about them? I I think Kathleen just being a very strong female role role model for yeah. us, and just uh, fighting for women's sports, um, and then just Bob was always a funny guy, like just chit chatting with them, and just that picture was from they met us at the airport when we got home with the national championship, you know. So that was just awesome to always have their support there. So 20 years later, how much have you seen the game change? Because now you're talking about kids that, you know, really weren't born that are about to be here at the University of Minnesota. Like they don't know a world without women's college hockey here in the West um, of the college hockey world. But how much have you seen the game grow and develop and just change and evolve? Well, I think it's significantly faster yeah. <laughs> uh, and just the skills of everybody involved from top to bottom. I mean, the teams are very deep um, and just there's more teams now, too. And, and 
I think at this point I wouldn't be a D1 player. I mean, that's just the level that it's at. You know, it's just it's just grown significantly. These kids are growing up playing probably 10 to 12 months out of the year and yeah. continuing skating and just the amount of training they have access to. Like, they could train every single day of their life if they wanted to, where back in the olden days it wasn't quite the same, right? Sure. So, Cole, what about you? It's well, so- to me, that's I totally agree with Chris in terms of the level of play and, the you know, they, they're playing more before they get here. But I also talk think about the resources. Yeah. I mean, that first yep. year we had three scholarships. Yep. That we divided up. No one was on a full scholarship because they phased in our, our money. So you know now every college team that has scholarships is at eighteen full scholarships, and we did phase those in pretty quickly. But I mean, you think about too just equipment, um, facilities, uh, travel. You know, there's like uh, charter trips now, and <laughs> I mean we we. Um, we didn't have the resources that they have now, but I will tell you, when I played college hockey out east 100 years ago, <laughs> I mean, we had way more the first year at Minnesota than I ever did. Right. Playing. So it's all, you know, I believe that they're, we stand on the shoulders of those who have come before us. And so um, I just think it's part of the growth of the game. And and so that's a positive thing for girls and women's hockey, especially here in Minnesota. Two last things. I want to get an update, Chris, on what you're up to now. What's what your life looks like now, um, what you're doing, family, all of those things. Um, I am in my 18th year of teaching high school math at Richfield High School. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> teaching <laughs> you. high schoolers. My goodness. Yes, thank you. Uh, married, have two kiddos, a nine and a seven-year-old, a daughter and a son. They both um, enjoy playing many sports, which we appreciate. We hope they can play as many sports for as long as possible, that yep. they're not specializing at the age of 10. Good um, message. <laughs> thank you. Um yeah, and just um, enjoying the summers and the school year and every moment while the kids are still around and making sure that we appreciate every moment we have with them and realizing eventually they will grow up. Yeah, I, that's what they tell me. Yeah. I have a five, a three, and a one-year-old, and I, I I, don't know how I got here in one piece today. Yep. They're all sick. My wife is <laughs> not happy with me that I left, but, you know, like you said, they're going to leave at some point. Yep. We're going to be sad. They yep. tell me. <laughs> They tell me. Uh, Coach, we see each other quite a bit because you're still pretty connected to the university. Uh, After your retirement, after 11 years of coaching, uh, what did you end up doing? What have you been doing? Well, 11 years here was 20 total. I thought that's a good round number. And um, it was the 10th anniversary of our program, too. And I just felt like it was the right time to do something different. And um that was a really hard decision because that sure. was like my life, right? I mean, that was part of the reason I had to make the decision. I was a workaholic, and I thought, you know, it's time to to sort of spend time with with family and friends that that I had. So um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but Joel Maturi, our athletic director, uh, let me stick around. Uh, at, you know, I had a year left on my coaching contract. He found me some work to do promoting the football stadium before it was built, and then. Um, after that, he, you know, it just kept working out where I was able to stay for another length of time. And, and here I am, you know, I think this is, I've probably been here now like 20, let's see, six, 
23 years. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Um, so I work in the Golden Gopher Fund, which is a fundraising arm of athletics and work in what's called the annual fund. But um, I really enjoy working at the University of Minnesota and I have a lot of friends here in the athletic department. It's fun to see you on football game days and listening to you on the radio with, with Dan Barrero in the afternoon. So, Thank you for the plug. Sure. Appreciate that. Love it. So you gave an assignment uh, before we hit record. You gave an assignment after uh, the season of why we won a national championship. <laughs> before we get to some of the answers that stuck out to you, I'll ask your player. Chris Scholes, four-time captain. Yep. Why do you think you won that national championship? Just, and you can't cheat and look at the at the folder <laughs> to see what to see what you wrote. No, I, we were a team. I, I think it, we'd finally matured because most of us came together as freshmen. We went through our sophomore season. We had some people left between our sophomore and junior season, and I think it was just the perfect chemistry of all of us that had matured and we'd brought in a couple new players along the way but we were um just ready to do it for each other is that what came through on those pages coach or were there some other man answers? it was so funny to read those uh, it's answers. funny to look at what the technology <laughs> was first of all that printout and the font and everything i don't know if we had typewriters here if that was part of the deal but it's a it's a heck of a packet we're gonna well, have to take some photos and tweet the packet out i i think it is precious because um Players really like they had it was in it was due in June. Someone wrote that it's due in June, so they had some time to you Reflect. know think about it, right? And when you're in the middle and your coach is telling you you can't wear your jacket, like it, it, you might not be real happy about that. But then you win the tournament, then you have some time. You go to the Twins game, do the first pitch, and meet sure. the governor, all this stuff, and then reflect. I think that. Um, what came through to me, and I, I wrote down a couple words that I think were sort of themes of the answers, Chris brought up team. They felt like they were a team. People put the team first. Um, they talked about roles that, you know, people knew their roles, and they were okay with their roles, and they focused on their roles. So they knew some people are going to score goals. Their job might be to play defense, or it might be to cheer from the bench. And although, and people respected each other's roles, and that was a big thing. You know, they they built trust. That was another theme that came over um, from this this assignment. They overcoming adversity and being on the same page. Those are the things that that stuck out that I really appreciated. And and um, you know, as I was reading through this and my, you know, there was one answer. I wrote this one down because <laughs> I thought if there was one answer that summarized the whole thing so, and they didn't put their names on. So honestly, I don't oh, know. Oh, you who don't wrote know. These. <laughs> no, oh, interesting. I don't. I mean, I could do a handwriting test because it's handwritten <laughs> there. You know, a couple of people typed it up, but um, so you could wrote, probably pick who those people were, too. <laughs> I, I could My go back to the files. You could narrow it down. I, could, yeah. I got yeah. other files I can compare. <laughs> um but someone wrote, I can sum up the reason we won nationals in one sentence. We were a team. We acted like one, we looked like one, and we felt like one. And I thought, there you go. That Perfect. should go on a wall somewhere. I mean, that's <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing the memories. Thanks for taking the time because I know you guys have other things to do. We're, in the, we're taping this in the middle of the day. Um, it's MEA week, but it's not Thursday, so your kids aren't out yet. But uh, it was great to meet you, Chris. And Laura, always good to see you. Thanks for sharing a few memories about that first championship season. Thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Golden Gopher Podcast. However you do it, I urge you to hit subscribe. We're here every single week talking about Golden Gopher Athletics, and sometimes we get to uh, go down memory lane, which is always fun. Thanks to Schuler Shoes and Red Savoy Pizza. We'll talk to you next week.
This has been the Golden Gopher Podcast, presented by Schuler Shoes. Fall fun starts at Schuler Shoes. Step in for the largest selection of footwear for the season or visit SchulerShoes.com. And by Red Savoy Pizza, soda-style pizza since 1965. Find us online at SavoyPizza.com. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Gopher Sports Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.